Welcome back to the King and Coach podcast. This is part two with special guest Anthony Reed. In today's episode, we address free agent targets for the Chicago Cubs, as well as possible rule changes going forward in the future. It looks like, and going into 21, you almost kind of have the same team that you have now, with the exception of, like, we would let Lester go. The only spots you really need to fill for 21 is second base, and probably another starter. But on the list of free agents, or the big the big names that I see, big names for catcher, JT Realmuto. Can't afford him, you have, you have Contreras. James McCann, I think he'd be a solid catcher, but again, it just doesn't work with the Cubs. Yeah. We've kind of already decided that like we're going to take Rizzo's club option, so we at least got him for another year. Whether you know you try to re-sign him or not, I think that can wait till the end. But the big names that I saw that were of interest were uh, C.J. Crone, Mitch Moreland, and Carlos Santana. But two of them do have club options, but I think they're going to get no. declined. No. Well, the only way I could see them taking one of those guys would be if we know for sure if the D.H. sticking around. Maybe they grab them and stick them at D.H. That's true, yeah. Or you can hey, keep them at D.H. or you can try the rest of Rizzle. Because he's starting to get older and he's got a bulky back, you can yeah. DH Rizzle more. Mm-hmm. All right, so second base is definitely a need, and I got five names for you. So bring bring back DJ LeMahieu. I would love that, but I think he's out of their price range. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, Caesar Her- Caesar Hernandez. That's another good name. I like. I'd like that. But- he might be in their price range. We, I'm not positive how much he'd be looking for. I would imagine he'd be in the price range. He's yeah. not a huge name. He was a guy... He's probably going to get paid, but he's not going to make a lot, ton yeah. of money. He's not going to make much at all because when he was with the Phillies, like he's a good player. He's a nice player, but they didn't want to pay him the arbitration money, so that's why he became a free agent. Indians got a good deal with him. So yeah, he's solid option. I think would fit in nicely with you guys, especially... I feel like he's always been a decent on like not amazing but a decent on base guy that if you don't want to put Hap as your leadoff hitter he could possibly even be a leadoff but okay so he's an option Jonathan Scope I don't know how he did this year was he better than he was last year like last year I think he had a rough year once he got traded I think he had a good year but I mean he's it's 60 it's, yeah. you know two months so I'd probably look at him it feels like he's way older than he is but he'll only be 29 29. That's not too bad. Cesar Hernandez is a career 277 hitter with a 352 on base. Yeah, like, yeah, take that. like I like players like that. How old is he? He'll be 31. Oh, right? oh, 31? Yeah. yeah. He's 30 right now. So the next name, this kind of a, you could put him anywhere, but a Profar. I would have said yes last year, but I think he had times hard because of a 60 game season. I'd probably pass on him this year. Okay. The return, Tommy Listella. Yes, Listella is exactly what the Cubs need offensively. Yeah, he's... do you think that his years gone or how he is though? Because I I don't know. I don't think so. It's tough. I I believe in his talent. I don't feel like the Cubs utilized him because obviously he was kind of blocked with Bryant, Bias, Russell at the time. Like I was always liked him as a player, and it was nice that he actually got a chance to play and angels and athletics and such and i i believe he's a good player my question is yeah i don't know what his price range is to be honest 
he might have played himself out of their price range. And like that, I think that your best bet out of the second baseman is probably Hernandez. Yeah. The KPO star Ha Seong Kim. He's a 25-year-old shortstop second baseman with speed who can hit and can defend. That's the key's probably too much for what the Cubs would be able to pay him, but that would be the second dream scenario for me for playing playing second base. The first one it's impossible to get. Do you know? It, do you know if uh, he's got any ties to Darvish? Because I mean, I could see something like that actually happening if like he takes less money because he's got Darvish there to kind of like ease the you know transition. I don't know if they ever play together or not, but but I mean he's young enough, so it's worth it. You said he was twenty five. Yep, twenty five. So like he's he's young enough to be worth the investment. That's not a bad idea, but yeah. Uh, it's on South Korea, so I, I don't think him and Darvish ever play together. Okay. Play together. Yeah. There's a guy from Japan. He's too old and probably too expensive for the Cubs liking. You had said something about your dream scenario. What was what were you talking oh, about? Oh, my dream scenario? Yeah. Uh, Francisco Lindor and Javi Baez up the middle, but that's not going to happen. That's not yet. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> All right. The Cubs um, have been have been mentioned in rumors for Lindor for years, but it's not gonna happen. Only name two third baseman guys, and again, you kind of blocked because you got Bryant there. But who knows if you want to move him? So I put Justin Turner, and then uh, Chris's favorite, Marwin Gonzalez. Ooh, Turner, I can see if they trade Bryant on a cheap one-year deal to plug the hole. I would be in favor of Marwin. Come and maybe playing. Can you play second base? Do you have a position in, on the field? Then he can play. All right. <laughs> Cat, catcher? <laughs> oh, well, not there. I, not think there. I, think he did. I think he actually was listed as the Astros' third catcher at one point. That emergency catcher? <laughs> yeah, like if we had to, he would catch, but it never happened. But I think uh, the trash cans might have had something to do with his emergence. Basically, what the Cubs gave up for the ever with Astros and then all of a sudden he was an all-star and then he went to the twins and was basically exactly what you yeah he <laughs> fell back to earth yeah but he's still I mean he's solid I mean he can play I mean especially being in the NL giving people days off he could be your everyday second baseman if you needed them to like he's not gonna hurt you in any way yeah, he'd basically just be the the fill in for Zobrist. You're gonna probably get better defense, but worse hitting. Ah uh, man, the hitting's. I mean, at the end, twilight of Zobrist's career, it's probably pretty comparable at this point. He's gonna hit 260, might hit 20 home runs, pretty solid. He ain't he bad. Strike out much, really? He doesn't. Oh, he doesn't strike out as much. He just doesn't walk. Which is weird. Which is a weird combo. <laughs> He's an attacking type of guy, but then plays. Hits defensively on the back end. I think Turner playing so well, he's kind of played his way out of the Cubs' price range. Marwin, I could see him being a fit, but defensively, I don't think second base is his spot. It's an option. I think he's a better, better. He's actually a better left fielder than he is like shortstop, which is his what he generally is listed as. But he's a he's actually a pretty solid second baseman. He just never had a reason to ever play. Because he was stuck behind Altuve and all of those things. All the games that I saw him, like, he could play everywhere and play, you know, at 
least average. He's a, he's an above average left fielder, which is strange. Yeah, I mean that's where I think would be, especially if you get rid of Schwarber, he'd be he'd be a really nice fit. But he was a free agent in twenty two. Then yeah, it might make more sense for the Cubs. But right now, in the, I just don't see it. Obviously, we got Javi Baez at shortstop, so I'm gonna name four names. I don't think they're like super realistic, but just to name them: um, Didi Gregorius. I guess you can move him to second. Simeon, um, Angleton Simmons, and then Iglesias. He does have a club option now, so those are kind of the big names at shortstop. Obviously, you got Javi, so you don't really need him. Any any scenario situation where you feel like the Cubs might go after somebody like those those four. If they trade Javi, I could see them going after either Simeon or Simpleton, or yeah, Andrew Simpleton. Is there any way that Javi slides over to second? It's possible. I can see it. He's really good. I mean, he's really good at second. He's really good at third too. You can put him anywhere. That's what I'm saying. Like I I don't know how much like Simmons would make. He's a he's a basically a defense guy. Doesn't hit. Dude, that would be such a nasty defense with Simmons and Bias at the middle. That's what I'm saying. Like that, that makes sense to me if the money makes sense. Because I don't think that he's gonna make a shitload of money. He probably makes around. I mean, he might make a little more than like Cesar Hernandez, but it wouldn't be a ton more. I wouldn't imagine. I don't know. I mean, I feel like he's still gonna make at least like ten mil. So I don't know if they're gonna want to spend that much on him. Like when all the all, when all the money kind of comes off the books for like 2022. Maybe, but again, like this this year that we're talking about coming up, like I don't think the Cubs are going to be like very active, and if they are, it's going to be trades. But yeah, right now, Petey's our GM, so and I'm assuming you're keeping Javi around. You're not going to trade him. No. So all these guys are unless they move to second or third or something like that. Like they're probably going to make too much, or they're not worth the fit for us. I do have five outfield types. That they're all probably going to make a little bit of money. We'll go down them anyway. Ozuna. Yes, but he's he's too expensive now. He had one hell of a year. George Springer, because he he told Chris yesterday that he hates the Astros and he's never coming back. I would take George Springer. I bet you would. I would. <laughs> <laughs> I think anybody would like to have George Springer, but yeah, again, I, unless you made a massive trade, which you know, our sounds like our game plan is kind of we're playing out the first half. And then make our moves at the halfway. So at this point, we can't afford them. Now, the other Astros that maybe you can, because he won't be as expensive, we got Brantley. He's exactly what the Cubs need offensively. Brantley? Yep. More contact-oriented hitters. I think he'd be a great fit for the Cubs. If you're going to sign him, he's going to be 34. Um, I feel like he's going to want another at least two, maybe a 30-year option type of deal. And if you're gonna sign him to that, I feel like you gotta have the DH. So I don't know if he. The problem with Brantley is it's not that he you don't want him to play the outfield because he's horrible at it. It's just a way to protect him because he has yeah. injury woes. Yeah. Jock Peterson and Kiki Hernandez. Do you have any any interest in those two? Kiki is very high on my list. I would love Kiki on the Cubs. I don't know if they'd be able to afford him. Probably perfect for what they need offensively too. But like he's a very versatile guy, so he, you know, I don't, I honestly don't know, unless I hopped into one of the websites, I don't know what he's gonna cost because 
while he's performed well in the Dodgers, I feel like they've always put him in. Like, I don't think he had good numbers this year, but just like over in the general, Dodgers have always put him in the situation to succeed. So he's put up decent enough numbers. But at the same time, I think people realize that and they realize, well, they never really let him play every day. So I don't, I really don't know what his value is on yeah. the market. That's kind of how I feel about him. Like he, he was always like the dot. I mean, it's because the Dodgers are so damn good. But he was always like their fifth outfielder. So like, how what big of a market really? You know what I mean? Like a guy that you don't see every day. How much of a market share he really have? I wouldn't think that he would cost too terribly much to be honest. I hadn't thought about this earlier. Kiki can play second base, so he could kind of be. You could like platoon him and sign some other like cheap veteran guy at second base if you wanted to. Like if you wanted to bring back like Kipnis or something, so you had that yeah. like righty lefty. So that's an option that might actually make sense for the Cubs. And then he also can play third base outfield and everything like that. So you you have that added versatility. Yeah, I'd, I'd love Kiki. I think would be a perfect fit for the Cubs. I got six starters and four relievers that these are the ones that I find the most interesting again money wise it obviously handcuffs them a little bit but like I said earlier we do have some money coming off the books for starting so Trevor Bauer any any chance no saw Bauer I think was wanting 250 that's too much for for the record there yeah dude I follow him on Twitter and it's like my favorite thing in the world he's like oh like a starter head like when the Padres series was going on, he's like, oh, I see that you guys need starting pitching help. I'm coming to San Diego. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Petey, did you, did you have a list of starters that you wanted to go over? Vince Velazquez and Anthony Descalfani. Bounce back pitchers. Yeah, those would be those would be good signings for you. Where did Velazquez end up? Was he Phillies or did was he the one that got traded to the Red Sox? I think he was still in Philly. He um, came up with the Astros. Kalani. Okay, so he's on the Reds, right? Oh, yeah, he's on the Reds. Is he a free agent? I think he is. But the other names that I I looked up, uh, Odorizzi, he was, you know, we'd mentioned him before. He's the one of those guys that accepted the qualifying offer and then didn't really have a good year this year. So you wouldn't have to deal with the draft pick compensation with him, and he'd only be 31. I'd probably take him, but I still think he's too too expensive, probably. Okay. Uh, James Paxton. He's too expensive. Marcus Stroman. Ooh. I would love Stroman, but he's probably too expensive, too. Okay. Mike Miner. That's a name I've seen brought up in uh, Cubs, the Cubs circle that I'm on with uh, in Twitter. Uh-huh. I probably wouldn't do it. Okay. Uh, Robbie Ray. No, I'll pass on Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray. Blah. Okay, so you you would go after uh, Velasquez and um, the other guy instead. So you get like like what I guess what I said earlier, kind of those like two depth guys, two bounce back guys instead of like one really good guy. Yeah. Okay, I like that. All right, then obviously I don't have a lot of faith in your your bullpen, so I wrote down a couple bullpen arms. So. I think the big name that people are forgetting about is Kirby Yates. 
because he was basically I had Kirby Yates on my list too. Because he was basically like injured all this year. Good as the Padres were, they didn't even have him. But he is going to be a free agent. He'll be 34 next year, but because he was hurt, that'll put him in a lower price range than it probably should have before. Yeah. But I'll take Kirby Yates. We got Mark Melanson, who's on the Braves right now. Obviously familiar with NL Central. I'd probably pass on him. Uh, Blake Trinan. I'd, I'd probably take him. I, I feel like the Cubs bullpen has been, although they started off terrible the, at the beginning of this year, they were pretty solid down the stretch. I feel like Theo does a pretty good job of just patching. Yeah, piecemealing. Either bounce back guys together or, you know, guys that got dumped by their teams picked them up and found diamond and rough like uh wick and i feel like yeah Jason adam was pretty good last last year too uh this next guy is a guy that uh chris desperately wants back on the astros uh giles yeah i got giles on my list too <laughs> okay so giles can go to hell <laughs> <laughs> you know like i feel like for contenders bullpen's always to me at least bullpen's always one of the last pieces that they're so volatile, you sometimes you'd rather trade for, or yeah, take a chance on a bounce back guy cheap, or you know, just kind of call call up people from within. But like the Cubs don't really have that, so I feel like they are one of those teams that'll be like, all right, we're gonna go out and get a couple of names, you know. And so if if you had to pick, say two out of, I mean, I just named a couple guys. I don't know how deep you went into bullpen arms, but if you could only pick two guys. To pick up in the bullpen, who are the two guys you'd go after? Give me Kirby Yates, and then one that you didn't list, uh, Sean Doolittle. Is there any chance in the world that he'd be affordable? Yates is probably gonna take up all of your budget. So we're at like 179 million, and I think that's before arbitration. So I don't know if you could get both of these guys if one of them needed, like if they were both like, "Hey, we need 10 mil." I don't know if you would be able to get yeah. both. So if you only could get one, which is the guy that you would get? Probably Yates. Probably Yates? Okay. The only other names that we're really targeting are, like, Kiki and then, like, Cesar Hernandez. So, like, I don't think either of those guys are going to be super expensive. But they would plug the holes. They would improve the team. So going forward, say, all right, so say you are a 500 team. I think what we agreed upon was that you were going to trade Bryant we're going to move Kimbrel Forber as well. Yeah. Then Javi, we're going to re-sign. And Rizzo, we're going to re-sign Rizzo? Yep. Okay. We'll leave Contreras alone. And then everyone else is pretty much solid. Or, like, they're either cheap or they're locked in. So, for 2022, where do you, do you see Horner coming up? Yeah, I would imagine Nico would be ready by then. Probably by then. Sometime towards the... All-Star break uh, next year. Then I guess if you signed, like, Cesar Hernandez, you'd only... He might want multiple years, but I'm assuming Horner would then end up at second. But I guess you could put him at third, too, right? You could play third, and you could play center as well. Okay. So, for 2022, we have a need at third base, left field, basically another starter. You'll have lost. I mean, you'll basically redistribute money, but I think you'll have a little bit more leeway in 2022. Yeah. Because, yeah, Rizzo won't cost that much. Bryant will be off the books. Hobby will make some money. Corver's potential money is gone. 
All right, so looking forward to 2022. I'm going to skip some of these names because we've already got like Contreras, so catchers will skip. We got Rizzo, so we're going to skip that because the big name there is Freeman. Um, second base, you have the names I wrote down were Chris Taylor and then the return, Starlin Castro. It's going to be pretty old, isn't he? He's going to be in his 30s. He'll only I be 32. Come back. Really? I think Starlin's so. Either 32 or 33. It depends on how they do it, but I think 32. He's been around forever. Well, he came up when he was I like 21, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I'd bring Starlin back, but yeah, he should be in the, the price, his third price range. Yeah, he shouldn't be that. I mean, say he made like six mil this year. Like, he's pretty cheap. He was on the Yankees, but then he went to the Marlins, and the Marlins were like, we don't want to pay you. And then because of this year being, you know, the COVID year, he kind of just got on with the, the Nats because no one wanted to pay him money. So I don't think he made that much. I think Chicago would, would appreciate bringing him back as well. I'm bringing him back. I don't care if he's terrible. Yeah, I, mean, I love Starling Cash. So. Even if he doesn't play second anymore, you, you know, he might be able to play third. Yeah. And put, so like, yeah, say corners your better defender. So if he gets second or something, then okay, Cash could play third. He's, he always has shown he's been able to hit. But this the 2022 year does have a good class of third basements if they're eligible. So Jose Ramirez has a club option, which I'm assuming that they would either trade him or pick it up. And then this is the year that Arnado has a player option. So depending on how things go out there in Colorado, he might be available. But and yeah, I would much rather have Arnado than Chris Bryant because he'll this is his free agency year. So say we did trade him. Would you then try to re-sign him later? Yeah, I would. You would? Okay. What about you, Chris? Uh, I don't touch him. Yeah, I, I wouldn't touch him either. <laughs> I wouldn't pay him that much. <laughs> Is, I guess regular stats where you're like batting average, on base, all that stuff. But then like when you do the baseball savant numbers or the exit velocity and barrel rate and all that stuff, like for the last two, three years, they've constantly gone down. And that's a bad, you know, you could say injuries and all this stuff, but he's just a guy I'm afraid to touch to pay 25 to $30 million. Like, he does have versatility. You can put him in, you know, corner spots. You put him in outfield, and he'll be fine. But I don't trust him at third base as a glove, to be honest. So he's just not a guy that I'm willing to take that risk to pay that amount of money on. That's understandable. And then, yeah, this is the year that you have all the, the big shortstops. So I would much rather go after one of those and you know put him at second or third but we are re-signing hobby so that's that's gonna basically be the money there outfield six names i don't know how many you have or if you even went this far but conforto he's been a name that i wanted the cubs to go after for a while i'd, I'd say yeah i feel like your team has traditionally been pretty like ready heavy i mean other than rizzo i mean haps a switch so he's yeah. nice but conforto I think he'd be a good counterbalance, and he'd be a nice fit. Eddie Rosario. Yeah, I like Eddie Rosario, too. But it'd be... Okay. I guess it'd be between those two so far. But also, I would not look to sign somebody long-term because uh, I want to block one of the best Cubs prospects that should be up in by 24. So probably one, two-year deals with stop gaps in 22. Are you talking about Davis, or are you talking about the Roder? <laughs> I'm talking about Davis. Davis? Davis could play 
left at, at that moment, especially if you keep an half. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, you don't really need to go out and sign a guy because you do have basically two outfield guys that I wrote down that are mentionable. Like, if they were guys that I'm like, eh, they're like backups, I, I don't consider them. But, yeah, Davis and Roderer, those are the two guys I mentioned. Um, Davis, I think he'll be in double A next year, and Roderer probably be like high A ball next year. Yeah. But depending on – they're 20 and 21, so it's not like they're 19, and they have played yeah. – so, yeah, by 2022, I could see that being an option. Now, I don't know enough about them to say, like, hey, yeah, they're going to be everyday guys, or, eh, they might be a fourth outfielder. I can't really tell that. But, you know, if you are spending money to keep Contreras and Rizzo and Baez, you do kind of have to build within to have some of these yeah. cheaper guys on the roster. So, so I guess, yeah, at this point, if you're re-signing Rizzo and, and Baez, you're kind of building up within and then piecing the rest together. Mm-hmm. So, like, the other names I had, this is obviously Shorber's year, Tommy Pham, Starling Marte, Corey Dickerson. Dickerson makes the most sense to me. Lefty pop and stopgap kind of a guy. Like he's not going to be brutal expensive, but you can get him on a shorter deal. The starting pitchers, you have the names, like, Scherzer and Verlander and Granke, but they're, you know, by that by this time, they might even be considering, you know, retirement or something like that. So, but I did write, I did write down Kershaw. He'll only be 34, although I don't think he's going to leave the Dodgers. No. Lance Lynn. No. Noah Syndergaard. Oh. <laughs> I'd take Noah. How you, old would he be by then? 30-something? Uh, 29. 29? Oh, if this is done right, yeah. 29. 29 or 30. 29. I like him. I don't think he's the ace that everybody thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Obviously because of injuries and stuff, but I'd still I'd take him. Yeah, I mean, I would think about him like I, you think about him like I do. I don't think he's as good as people think he is. I thought he was at one point, but injuries kind of, kind of like the same way that you guys think about KB now with the injuries. I think of Noah Syndergaard about you know, with the injuries. I don't know if I can trust him. See, I'm the other I way. Like... I'm I'm excited about him. I think he's a yeah. new team, new situation. You change, change a thing change or two about him, guy. and sud- yeah, and suddenly he's a, a shiny tool that you uh, underpaid on, and he way overperforms. That's what I think of him. But I also think that I won't be the only one that thinks that. So I think he could get paid yeah. decently. But, I mean... As long as they play their cards right, I think they have enough, like they have spot here, here or there to sign a guy of decent value. You know, you're not going to get a $35 million guy, but, you know, a guy like him, I think he could be reasonable enough and live up to it. But the other guy that I wrote down was Dylan Bundy. Now, we haven't seen a lot of track record of him, but he did seem to kind of have a breakout year this year. So I wrote him down. I was going to say, I don't know if I see them letting him go, but you never know with the injury. I mean, he's. I'd take Dylan Buddy. Yeah, I wasn't mean, he like absolutely horrible in Baltimore? And then... The Orioles are terrible at developing pitching. Yeah, although the Cubs aren't great at it either, sir. <laughs> they did turn Jake Arrieta into a Cy Young winner that year. He was pretty damn solid when they got him. I would yeah. say they're good at the major league level. They're yeah, playing in the minor leagues is it's it's improving. I'm very excited about it, but all the arms, most of the arms are down in the lower 
lower A and high A right now. Now there there is quite a bit of like relievers this year coming out. Um, I'm just gonna say them real quick. So they got Kenley Jensen, Robertson, the guy in the Phillies, Ozuna, Familia, Patances. There's many. There's more out there. I just ran out of space to write down. But yeah, there's a lot of veteran relief help coming out in 22. I don't know where you're because you know more about how the ownership deals with like the money and the luxury cap and all that stuff because I'm assuming you'll still be a top like five budget or whatever. But if you do, if you are smart, like you have been with some of these like cheaper guys, I feel like you have money to go out and spend to get one big guy or something like that this year or a couple decent sized guys. So you're my GM. What What's what's the plan? Out of those names, probably Batances. Batances. I wouldn't touch the other ones. Okay, so over Maybe. overall, this like the whole all positions, Castro, and then you said Bundy, and then Batances. Yep. So uh, for twenty two, I'd probably only fill one starting rotation spot, and that'd probably be Bundy or Syndergaard. Okay. And then um, if I'm signing anyone to any of the defensive spots i probably signing anyone it's going to be just stopgap guys because probably right field or third base or left field because i got some uh prospects who i would expect up by at least maybe start showing up in 22 but definitely by 24 they'll, they'll be there yeah i mean i'm i'm not gonna go that far out like i have the money for it that but like yeah by 2024 that's when like the books are basically clear like obviously you have to re- you'll have rizzo money and bias money but that'll be you know like they they'll be with it they are what they deserve type of thing but by yeah. t- by 24 that's when like hayward's money will be off the book darvish money yeah. will be off the book hendrix money will be off the books um you'll have to pay half if you want to but yeah. it'll be completely free at that point but i guess to make this thing like all come full circle where do you see the cubs in like this next year or two window do you knowing the financial situation and knowing that they need to make key decisions on like bryant chorper and stuff like that do you think basically the same team that we had this year are going to win the division next year or the year after that with the team that they're putting out on the field like where do you see them like i'm not saying i don't think they're going to be one of those teams that's the pirates that completely sell everything I don't see them falling off. There's some people out there that seem to think the Cubs are going to fall off and disappear, kind of like the Pirates. I see Theo trying to thread the needle. He's going to try to compete next year while also setting up the Cubs for the future. The Cubs, their minor league system might not get liked by a lot of the publications, but they have a – there's – a very top-heavy three that I'm very excited about, and there's the rest of them are in the lower minors. The, the system's not as bare as what people think it is. I'm pretty excited about it. If Theo can somehow make a move here or there and set them up even better, kind of like how the Yankees did when they traded Chapman and got Glaber, Torres, and made those other moves mm-hmm. to set them up to where they are now, if Theo can do something similar, I think the Cubs would be just fine. So you you'd said some of the prospects that maybe they're not getting as much hype. Um, do you want to name a couple or tell us about them? The pitching pro- there's a lot of pitching prospects in the Cubs that are in the lower minors that I'm excited for. Um, Cole Franklin, 
Ryan Jensen, the recent number one draft pick, I think it was what, 2019, 2018. Uh, Michael McAveen, the Louisville reliever. I think they had him starting, but I think he'll be a bullpen piece, but pretty pretty solid. Uh, Chase Strump, who they drafted out of UCLA. I like him. Cole Roderer, who we talked about earlier. Uh, Ed Howard, who they just drafted this past year. Really love Ed Howard. Burl Carraway. And uh, Eddie Julio Martinez, who they signed out of um, the international pool a couple yeah. years ago. I think the same year they got uh, Jorge Soler. He's finally tearing it up in, uh, I think, the Mexican League. He's hitting 421. So if he, if this is an indication of him finally breaking out, I'm excited about him. And then you got the top three, Brennan Davis, Braylon Marquez, and Miguel Amaya, who I'm excited about too. I really like the Cubs system. There's obviously a lot more names in there, and the Cubs are are favored to sign uh, Christian Hernandez in uh, the next international signing period, whose body has been compared to A-Rod and his swing has been compared to... Um, I'm blanking on the... Who's the shortstop uh, third baseman's name for the San Diego Padres? Machado. Machado. Yes, thank you. I don't know why I blanked on... Manny there, but he's his swings been compared to him. To make this an overall thing, you're pretty comfortable with where the Cubs stand right now. Um, you don't think think Theo will stay. I think that they'll have to be kind of smart with some of their year to year signings with like veterans or whatever. They don't need to go out and sign that big guy or whatever. They'll pick and choose which of the big names they want. Like you said, probably like Rizzo and Baez. Not sure about Schwarber and Bryant. Probably like yeah. trade potential, but it's kind of up to them. They'll probably promote within in terms of their front office and that they actually do have prospects that, like I know they have some outfielders and they have a catcher, but yeah, for me, they're single A, double A guys. So they're at least two years away, I would say. Yeah. I don't, not familiar with all their arms. Just traditionally, it seems like they always have these, other than Marquez, they usually have these guys that, oh, they're going to be the next big thing for a starter. And then they always just yeah. flame out and become a bullpen guy because they rushed them because, yeah, they're contending this year and they need bullpen help. And instead of going out and getting trading for a guy because they don't want to give up a prospect or something, they bring these guys up too soon and then they don't develop them accordingly. So that that's always been my biggest gripe with the Cubs. They don't know how to develop their pitchers properly. I guess my only other question that I got for you, like we had, we had kind of gone over – some of the rule changes going forward. I don't know if, if you wanted to give your take on some of them. Like you're you're kind of an NL guy like me. What did you think about the DH and going I forward? I love the DH. Bring me the DH. I don't care about the other rules as long as we get the DH. Okay. Um, what you think about the extra innings putting the runner on? I don't mind that. It, I, it did make uh, the, some of the games during the regular season go by faster. It seemed like. Mm-hmm. But as long as they don't put it in the playoffs, hey, that's fine with me. Me and Chris had talked about it previously. I don't like it if it's the tenth inning. I think they should play a couple more innings, and then by like the twelfth inning, maybe do it. Or like Chris had said, mm-hmm. like after so many hours of them playing, okay, then we throw it out there. It's fine too. So you're you're open to multiple ways of doing it then. Yeah. Okay. The big one for me 
was the the batter rule, the minimum batter rule um, with relievers. Oh, the three minimum. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that one either. Sometimes they would um they, games would drag on because Joe Madden would go out there and switch a pitcher every. Seems it felt like every pitch sometimes. But <laughs> yeah, I totally get it. I just um for me like there's a lot of those guys. Um, we brought Brian brought up the the money situation. Is there's a lot of those guys that made their way into the big leagues as the lefties, but like those guys are in trouble. But yeah, I just. Like that's the part, the only the only part that really bothers me about it. I like it for the speed of the game, for those kinds of things. But as a as a fan, I don't want to see Joe Smith face a lefty ever. Like it's not good. It is what it is at that point. I don't. Yeah, there's a lot more strategy and things that goes into it now, which I think is kind of cool. And I, I guess it was like a smaller rule about it. Is because it's a three batter minimum, or if you finish the inning, you can come out. But if you come back out the next inning, you have to face the third batter. Yep. Which I thought was kind of interesting. So that like it came into play, I think. Really, I didn't know that. The Rays Astros, the Rays Astros series, and the announcers were talking about it, and they actually like explained it in depth and like how. Oh, Cash was gonna, you know, try to get around, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, if they want to bring him back out, because you know he got the last guy out quick to face, you know, Bregman, and then he has to face a lefty, you know, that kind of situation. And I was like, oh, so that adds another wrinkle on top of it, which I never even thought about. I didn't know before it came up. What do you think about the automatic strike zone or whatever? I'm for automatic strike zone. Especially, I I felt like the strike zone was a lot bigger this year. I, I I'm against it, but with a caveat, like Joe West and fucking Angel Hernandez, whatever the fuck that other guy's name is, it's horrible. Like, how do they still have jobs? Especially, how do they still get into the playoffs? Yeah, and how like how are they behind the plate? Like, if they're bad, just put them, you know, have them do first base or something. Even then, they're still questionable. But, like, it's not, like, every pitch, every, you know what I mean? Like, it's so bad. I think you should stick like, them in the dugout and have them bring the other umpires water. That's where they should be. <laughs> they should be the guys that, like, come out with the headset. Yeah, the headset like, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like, there's so many, like... Uh, I don't mind if it's consistent, but like, it's just so bad with those guys. Like, I don't know. I don't understand. Like, to get rid of those guys, I'm, I like the human element of it. I like how the some guys have smaller strike zones, some guys have bigger strike zones. Part of the game to me, it's always has been. But like the guys that are giving people like two feet outside, or not calling the ball right down the middle when you have these technologies in place that shows everyone but it's not just an eyeball test. Be like, bro, like that's not even close. Like it's just bad. It's a bad look. I'm for it, and I, but I see a lot of issues coming with it. Like, yeah, the strike zone changes with, uh, like you know, Judge to Altuve and their heights or whatever. And I think people like hitters have gotten so used to like 
kind of their own smaller strike zone that they start calling those high ones or whatever they're going to be like what what and we're going to have a lot of like tisk and tat and all this stuff and what's really a strike zone but i'm for just so like it's an even playing field and all that stuff but again i feel like it's still probably a couple years away of trial and error on some of these things hey guys this is coach i just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast this was actually recorded live on my twitch account the coaches under slash ba you can also follow king over on twitch his username is king under slash christoph 300 or if you'd like to watch any of our other videos we do have a youtube channel kc and c entertainment perhaps you're too busy and on the go that's okay you can find our other podcast episodes over on Spotify. All you got to do is search the King and Coach Podcast.